Okay, and that is a lot of fun. So um, my name is Nancy, and I've been coming here for a while. I've known Jane and Mark for a really long time, and I used to work at uh, Christ Community Church, and I was in the children's ministry um, overseeing that. And um, so if any kids here would like to come up to the front and sit up here and help me with the sermon, I would enjoy that. So any kids that want to come in and um, sit up here, I've got some Play-Doh, I've got some yarn, I've got some things, so you guys are welcome to join me and help with the sermon. Anybody going to come up? You can sit right up here and help me out. No? I'll give them a few minutes to think about it. So I'm really thankful to be here sharing this message, and I think God's put a message about eternity on my heart. Here you guys go. Here is a canister of Play-Doh. You guys can sit up here. And you can play with this for right now. You want to make something for me? Here, you can just sit right here next to me. Yep. Oh, that looks more comfortable. Okay, you guys sit up right here, okay? And you can use the Play-Doh for right now. Okay, so this, my topic today is eternity. And that's kind of a big word, and it means infinite or unending time a state to which time has no application, timelessness, and endless life after death. Um, I think this is a great topic for the Christmas season um, because the story of the Bible you know, pretty much starts with God creating everything, creating us, and then we have the fall of man, and then God's plan to redeem us through Christ, and then the end of the story is eternity. And so... At Christmas, we're really focusing on Jesus and how he transitions everything from what happened with the fall to us living in eternity. So that's kind of where my message is coming from, and I'm really excited about it. And um, so part of my story is I got saved when I was really young. I was only six years old. Mama had gotten, just gotten saved about the same time. And this is my mom. She's sitting in the audience, Annette. And... Um, so she got saved, so she came home, and she told me and my older brothers, you know, okay, this is all about Jesus, and we got saved. And so I grew up in church, and I really wasn't sure about eternity. I was like, you know, that's not that exciting. I don't know if I'm all that crazy about this idea. I have a life to live. I'm having fun playing and being a kid. I don't, I'm, you know, this just isn't an appealing thought to me. And um, so... But as most of you guys know, as you get older, you start really considering this idea. And, you know, I found it really interesting to think about what does the idea of eternity mean for us here and now? How are we going to, you know, live a life in reflection of eternity? Um, Romans 6.23 for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So eternity is a gift to us that comes about with our belief in Jesus. We gain an eternal life. Now, I don't know what we're going to do in eternity. I'm not even sure exactly when eternity starts beyond that we know we have an eternal soul. I don't really know when eternity starts, when we go from being aware of time to a state where all of a sudden time has no application to us. That's like a really strange idea, how we'll perceive things with no time. But we do know that God is in a state where he doesn't, 
he, he, he's here with us every moment of every day, but he doesn't actually exist in time. He was before the world was created. He's after the end of the world. He is overreaching and you know, doesn't actually exist in time the way we do. He doesn't live every moment that we do on a timeline. Um, so today's message, I'm not focusing so much on us getting to eternity or how that happens, but how does that awareness that God exists in eternity and that one day we will, how does that affect us here and now? So I've got another scripture for you, John 10, 27 through 29. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. So, you know, I just love these scriptures. It talks about he gives us eternal life, but also that we're a gift to Jesus, almost, from the Father. He gave us to Jesus to be part of his eternal family. Um, John 17, 1 through 5. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And so, you know, Jesus is referring to that, you know, he existed before the earth. He was with God. And so God has existed throughout all of what we consider time. And, you know, we're part of that family now. But we don't exist, we don't experience time the same way. So let me get my ruler out. Can you guys stand here? And one of you hold one end of this ruler and one of you hold the other end. Can you hold the other end? You guys can come stand right over here. Right over this way. Thank you. So this is like time. We've got a ruler here. And we experience everything like going from 1 to 36 on this yardstick. Now let's get out this bit of Play-Doh here. And so we see our lives kind of like this. We've got this long... Hold that into the Play-Doh right there. We experience life every moment living it on this timeline. Whoops. And sometimes things happen, so. <laughs> and we experience everything like this. And so when things happen and things go wrong, we kind of focus on that moment. And we don't see this whole picture here. We don't see that life is this whole continuum, and there's even going to be a life after we're off this yardstick, we're off of time, we're in eternity, there's a whole other life. And we don't often see that or focus on it. So kids, I'm going to have you set the yardstick down, and now get all the Play-Doh and make a big ball out of it. Here, grab the Play-Doh. Can you guys make a ball? <laughs> Thank you. And 
And so we see ourselves as this line on the yardstick, but God actually, he sees this whole picture. He sees us as the person we are right now, the person we are when we were born, and the person we are in eternity. And so his conception of us is completely different than our own. And uh, so let's just talk a little bit about what does that mean for us? Like, how does that affect our behavior and what we do? And I'm going to give my life away here. You can have that piece there. If you guys want to take that back to your table, you can. Or you can stay up here and play with it. You guys want to take it back to the table? No? Okay, you can stay right there. I might need you again in a little bit. And just another verse that I think is great, especially at Christmas, talking about Jesus, um, John 1, 1 through 3. Um, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So just the idea that Jesus, you know, he's existed from the creation, from before time. And he came to earth and became a human and subjected himself basically to time with us in order to bring about our salvation. But he existed far before all that. Um, So now kind of getting to the nitty-gritty, how does this relate to our view of God now? You know, when we think about who God is and how we relate to him, how does this idea that he exists in eternity while we exist in time, how does that affect us? I think the biggest thing is just he's a lot bigger than our perception of him is. He does see the whole of time, not just now, but the past and the future. That is why we can trust him with our future, is because, you know, he literally does see what's going to happen to us next. You know, this isn't just a kind of out there thought. It's a reality that God actually does know what's going to happen with us. Um, so let's think about the Israelites leaving Egypt. You know, they were directed each step of their path by God. You know, and you know, there's that big scene you always see in the movies where Moses holds up his staff and the water parts and they go across the Red Sea. Well, God knew that. You know, he had that plan. He knew that's how he was going to save them. But... What were the Israelites doing when they got to the river and suddenly here's all this water? They were saying, we're going to die, we're going to die. Can you say we're going to die? We're going to die. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was their response. And then, you know, Jesus, or I mean, Moses is like, well, I think God has a plan here. And so he, you know, follows God's directions, and the Israelites are able to go across the river. Well, that, that kind of thing happens over and over and over again to the Israelites, where God is saying, I know what's going to happen here. Let me direct you. And they would get right up to it, and they go, we're going to die. Can you say we're going to die again? We're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I'm glad I've got somebody to help me out with this. He's much better at it than I am. <laughs> um, 
so this whole concept that you know, we get in our own heads and we try to figure things out. We try to figure out, okay, how's this going to work? What am I going to do? And planning's not a bad thing, but our faith in God is what's the primarily, you know, the primary importance. So let's think about the life of Jesus. Um, and I love, Mark actually taught on this not long ago, but, you know, there's that whole story. Let me just see. I looked it up a minute ago about the disciples in the boat, and they're crossing the river, and let's see, where is this? Jesus calms the storm in Matthew eight twenty three. So, yeah, they were crossing over the sea, and then he, it says, verse 23, Jesus got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So, you know, it always puzzled me reading that story. You know, if you were in a boat and it was obviously about to sink, because winds and waves were crashing it around, and somebody you thought could save the day was asleep, would you not wake them up? I would wake them up. Say, can you help me out again? Say, Jesus, we're going to drown. Jesus, we're going to drown. Yeah, we're going to drown. And, I mean, that was an obvious thing. But Jesus' reply to them was, why don't you have any faith? And, you know, the only way that makes sense is if you should have had the faith to know you weren't going to drown because Jesus had gotten in the boat and said, we're going to the other side. So that was what was going to happen. So now, what would have happened if they hadn't woken Jesus up and he hadn't calmed the waves? They would have gotten to the other side because obviously... That's what Jesus was saying, is that you didn't have faith to know we were going to make it. And that's what our lives are like sometimes. We're like, you know, Jesus save us. But what I feel like sometimes we really need is to calm our hearts and to go, well, what, what do you want me to do, Jesus? What do you want me to do, Father? And, you know, Jesus talks about in his walk is that he always did what the Father was saying to him to do and always listening for his voice. And, you know, that's not always an easy thing to take the time to do that and to be aware of what he's saying to us. But the truth is, he knows what's going to happen next. So, you know, if you had a book that had your whole life written out in it, wouldn't you peek? You know? Or, or let's say this, you had a book that had your whole life lit, written in it and you couldn't read it, but the person next to you could. Would you not ask them what was gonna happen next so you could prepare? Well, that's kinda like what God is with us, is he is saying, I know what's gonna happen, 
I love you. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. And if you listen and you do what I'm asking, then you'll be prepared and you'll be able to walk forward in trust and love in me. And so it's, you know, sometimes we can come across on ourselves hard because we go, oh my goodness, I'm not getting it right. I don't spend enough time praying. I don't spend enough time this or that. You know, and those things can be true sometimes. But God doesn't look at us that way. He's seeing, oh, let me get my ball of clay here. He's seeing this whole picture of us from when we were born to when we're going to be in eternity. And he's saying, you know, I'm speaking to you every day. Sometimes I'm talking to you about now. Sometimes I'm talking to you about what's going to happen in a month or two or a year or two. Sometimes I'm speaking to you things that are really for the purpose of eternity, of who you're going to be when we're out of time and I've got things for you to do in this eternity. So, you know, he's got a lot more purposes. And, you know, I live with my mom and, um, you know, we have a close relationship. And especially for those of you guys that are parents, or have grandkids, sometimes God's speaking to you for them because he speaks generationally as well as to you specifically. So there's things that he's saying to you that aren't even for you necessarily. They're for something for you to share with your kids and your grandkids that's going to be important in their lives. You know, God says he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and it's because God sees people generationally a lot of times. And we don't really understand that. Our culture doesn't understand that. But it's, you know, an important thing sometimes to remember. Where are we at? So I wanted to take a few minutes and just ask you guys, because I, I don't know that we, in just a few examples, can absorb the fact that God really does know what's going on. So I wanted to ask you guys, what are some of your favorite Bible stories, or actually true things from the Bible, of where God showed himself strong to somebody? I just want some examples, and if you know where it is in the Bible, we'll look it up. So what's, what's a story that speaks to you about God's provision and his knowing what's going to happen and directing? Yes. Jesus going to the cross. Well, that's the big one. The story of Joseph and David. Yeah, the, I mean, the story of Joseph, it's like, okay, I'm going to get sold into slavery and thrown into prison. That doesn't seem like God's plan, but Joseph was able to trust and become fruitful in where he was so that when he got to finally where he felt like he was fulfilling God's purposes, he was in just the right place and they're just the right person. Uh-huh. Yeah, the story of Jabez. That's a good one too. 
well, yeah, Jonah and the whale, he tried to get out of what God wanted him, and God made him even more of an example of what he was trying to say than he had been before. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, he was talking about Elijah and that when the armies were after him and surrounded them, he was, um, his servant was afraid, but Elijah was like, there's no reason to fear because you just don't see what I see. And, and I think that's a, something that's true for us when we really pursue God and we really go after him and we're really following him. Other people might not see it and they might not understand, but when your eyes are open to what God's doing, I think it's amazing what he he does accomplish. I was Yeah, she's talking about Gideon and the fact that, you know, Gideon was hiding and God called him a man of valor. And he was like, you know, what are you talking about? And God had to prove to him that, you know, he had called him to do what he did. And then even in the midst of pre preparing the men for the battle, what God told Gideon to do didn't make any sense. He said, oh, no, you don't need that many people. Oh, you don't need that many people. You only need a few. And then in the end, they didn't really even fight the battle. They just confused the enemy, and God did the rest. So, you know, God's plans are so far beyond what we imagine that we get stuck sometimes thinking, you know, God can't, is he actually going to do that for me? You know, these things in the Bible? Is he actually going to come through for me that way. But again, well, I've deformed it now. But, you know, God's view of us and his ability to interact with us is far beyond, you know, just meeting us in this moment in our life. He's been meeting us in all these moments. And he's going to continue to do that. And he's got eternity with us. We're part of his family if we've accepted Jesus and been forgiven for our sins, then, you know, we've got a whole long time to work all this out. Not that we shouldn't do it now, but at the same time, don't put pressure on yourself that your life is about this one long continuum. It's about this whole picture. And God is inviting you into a much bigger story for a much longer time than you even know for yourself. And I've kind of talked about this a little bit, but, you know, just right now, but, you know, how does eternity relate to how we see ourselves? You know, Psalm 139.16 
Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they, are, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. And then specifically about Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So, you know, God has a much different picture of us than I think we have of ourselves. So, I was going to say look at each other, but then I can't think of what to say to one another. You should look at each other and say, I see you. You are God's creation. And I'm going to know you for eternity. You know, and, and a lot of this message I could preach to myself because, you know, I think the main thing here is to you know, let go of our insecurities about ourselves and to just listen to God and accept what he says and take action based on what he says rather than what we think. Um, you know, I've often gotten caught up in moments of my life where I felt like things didn't go quite right. And where I looked at myself and I said, I could have done that better. I could have committed to that more. I could have accomplished that. But, you know, God has got a different perspective. He's seeing me from when I'm going to be in eternity. You know, he's seeing me as somebody he's specifically created for his purposes. And I can listen to him and obey him. And, you know, life's Still not going to go perfect, but it certainly, you know, his peace and joy and all of the fruits of the Spirit and everything that the Holy Spirit is in us, that's worth far more than our doubts and our, you know, any, even if we try to do something God tells us and it seems to fall flat, that's okay, you know, we have eternity, it's not all about this moment. Um, and, you know, God is completely trustworthy. His words are always true and bring life to us. I guess what I'm getting at is just we can trust God. And knowing that he's eternal and he still loves us and he still wants us and he's designed this life where we get to spend eternity with him, that means that, you know, we're far more important than even we think we are. And we can rest in that, in God, that he has made this plan for us and has invited us to join him in eternity. My last point is just how does this relate to our view of others? When you look at the people around you, those in here that are saved, that have asked for forgiveness, that are, have eternal life, when you look around and you realize that you're going to know that person for eternity. Yes. 
and that, yeah, there's some people you're going to look around at and you might not like their personality or you might, you might have had an argument with them or, you know, for some reason you just never connected with them. You know, that's life here on this earth. You know, there's things that just don't work out. There's things that, um, you know, we just don't connect with a person or we don't whatever. But again, we have eternity. You know, there's these things that hold us back here on this earth. Like, I'm kind of a shy person, and I have a hard time connecting with people. And so this thing that holds me back sometimes from really connecting with people, I'm going to get to eternity, and that's going to be gone. You know? And it's going to be a whole new, new life. And so these things that are difficult now with relationships and stuff, not that we shouldn't work on them and do what we can to heal things with people, but there's going to come a time when it's going to be completely different. And it's going to be in light of a whole new world and a whole new eternity. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that out and remind you that you know, we have a lot more time than we think we do in a lot of ways. And then my last question, and this isn't to end on a negative note, but to say we all have a role to play in connecting to people outside of the kingdom and outside of our family now in Christ. So when you look at people out on the street, well, they have an eternal life too. But if they don't know God, it's not a good eternal life. And we can invite them into this experience, this eternity that we're going to have with Christ, with God. And so I'm just saying, you know, there comes a point when you, in our hearts we have to look at people and say, this is a person that I want to invite in to my life with God, to my eternity. It's not just a person that needs to get saved. You know, sometimes we just look at people outside and we go, it's like a project. It's like, you know, I have to do. But the thing is, is we get the privilege of being people in the kingdom of God, and we get to invite people into that eternity with us and into this new life and into the ability to ask God for advice, to ask God for direction, to follow his commands, to have that life. And um, we all have that role in different ways. You know, some people are evangelists. My mom's an evangelist. They like to talk. That's all I can say. <laughs> There's some of you in this room that are, that are evangelists, and they can talk to anybody. That's not me. So my role's not always the same. But... Um, I just invite you to think about, and even I think we're going to take a little time to respond right now, that you know, if you want to say in your heart, okay, God, I'm available for you to speak to me. I'm available for you to commission me to do your will in a new way. Whether that's an evangelism or whether, you know, for me, it's more teaching, more wanting to share my heart about things with people. If that's you and you're responding and saying, I just want a fresh, 
I want to freshly say yes to God, and I want to have a fresh anointing to do his will because I know that he loves me for eternity. So I just invite you guys to come up, and we'll have a prayer time as a group or if anybody else wants to pray. So... I'm just going to kind of pray over everybody, but then I'm going to kind of come along and just lay hands on each person. But Lord, we just thank you for your presence in our lives, that you have invited us into your, to eternity with you, an eternity with new life. We just thank you for that. This season of Christmas, as we remember Jesus coming as a baby, as we anticipate him returning and that one day we will be in eternity. And I thank you for the power of us saying yes to you. And I just ask you guys if you want to put your hands out and just say, yes, Lord. I'm saying yes to you commanding me I accept your love I accept that you know me better than I know myself and that your plans are perfect and I just say yes to your plans Lord I just ask for each person here that you would just open the ears of their heart Give them opportunity every day to hear your word and your commands for their life. In Jesus' name.
as we receive special prayers, as we think about loved ones, one is here, one is not here, family, friends. While you are here, make a difference. One thing for sure, I've said it before, and I live by this, tomorrow is not a promise. Here today, gone tonight. So if you get a chance to tell somebody somewhere that you had problems with, co-worker, family, whomever, just tell them you love them. A few words will make a world of difference to you and to them. But it's God's timing. But don't wait too long. Sometimes he'll tell you to do it and you're still waiting on him, the Holy Spirit. And the whole time, he keeps telling you, go, go now, go now. I'm one of those people. With some people in my life before I uh, got saved, and yes, I thought I was better than them. Dressing nice, you name it. And God had to tear me down to the bare minimum to start me over. It hurt, but it was worth it. It was well worth it. So-called friends didn't need them anymore. So I will leave you with that. I'm hoping I'm speaking to somebody. If not, then I had to say what was on my heart. I've said that before. So as we get ready to uh, end this beautiful day here at Catch the Fire Church, I want to thank some special people. Since I've been coming here, I feel like I met a new father, a new mother, a new brother, a new sister, new relatives. It's just one big happy family. And I want to thank the young man that I met last night. His name is Mark. Um, not going to point him out, but he knows who he is, obviously. just want to thank him. I want to thank um, just everybody. And I just want to have fun and enjoy in God's presence.
to get you out of prayer. I have a few CDs left. Uh, I'll just hold my hand out. Close my eyes. I don't care. Just grab them. These are some good worship CDs. So take one. Take one. Take, take one. 